0: Hello and welcome to the Sincere Yogi Podcast, a podcast for yogis just like you who are seeking more from their yoga practice that you can't get in your average studio class. My name is Sarah and I'll be your host. and welcome back to this week's episode of the sincere yogi podcast with this week's topic of various styles of vinyasa yoga practices vinyasa yoga is probably one of the most broad spectrum in terms of yoga styles today and that's because there's so much creativity that comes with the sequencing of vinyasa yoga not only are you focusing on sequencing around the asana, so the postures themselves, but you're focusing on the transitions in and out of the postures. These can be dynamic transitions, transitions with breath. You may or may not hold postures for more than a passing round of breath. There might be movements within postures that you take that change the variation of the posture. So you can see there's a lot of different leeway when it comes to how a class will be structured. Now with that being said, vinyasa yoga is also one of the most popular styles of yoga asana in the West today, and probably globally to be honest, but I'm not so sure about that one. However, vinyasa yoga is incredibly popular, and almost every single studio that you will see in the West will offer some type of vinyasa yoga class almost every single type of studio because it's really rare for a studio nowadays to be very niche unless it's a Bikram studio, an Ashtanga studio, but most studios have a variety of classes on their schedule and you bet that vinyasa yoga or some form of vinyasa yoga will be on there. And with vinyasa yoga being such a popular practice, but also such a creative practice, there's categories of vinyasa that can help students determine whether or not this specific vinyasa class may or may not be for them. Now, of course, with the creativity aspect, it's also going to vary from teacher to teacher in terms of how they choose to structure their class classes. There's a lot of different things to sort of dissect within the vinyasa practice alone. So hopefully that's what I can do for you today. In the Previous episode, I talked about what a vinyasa actually is and what qualifies a vinyasa yoga class to be considered a vinyasa yoga class. But now we're going to talk about the sort of branches of vinyasa yoga that allow you to determine if a class is right for you as a student. These practices are going to have a lot more influence from the creativity of the teacher, as well as, like I said, their personal practice. So Always, always, always make sure that if you try a new style of class, like vinyasa yoga, you try vinyasa yoga with Sarah, vinyasa yoga with Megan, vinyasa yoga with Rob, whoever, and try out multiple teachers within a style as well, just so that you know, okay, maybe it's not the style I don't like, maybe I don't vibe with that teacher, or vice versa. So today I'm going to talk about three different branches of vinyasa yoga. We already kind of touched on vinyasa yoga as a whole, and you will see just straight vinyasa yoga being offered in studios, but more often than not these days, you have things like power yoga, slow flow, vin to yin, and these are the styles we're going to dissect today. Most teachers who have a pretty defined style of vinyasa yoga will start to narrow down what they call their classes to power yoga or vintiyin, what have you, so that once again, you can kind of see as a student how that teacher is going to manage that specific sequencing of their class. So we're going to start off with the more intense vinyasa yoga class, and that'll be a power vinyasa class, or sometimes just referred to as power yoga. Power yoga, more often than not, stems from the vinyasa style of practice. However, I want to talk about specifically the Baptiste approach to power yoga because like I said in the last episode, we don't even fully know if it was Krishnamacharya who created vinyasa yoga, if it was one of his students, if it really did stem from Ashtanga and Patabi Joyce. Of course, if you go on the internet, there's going to be 50 million different people giving you 10 million different answers on one question but what we do know is that vinyasa is sort of this branch of more classical styles of yoga in the modern day. Now, Baptiste Yoga gets its name from its founder, Walt Baptiste, who founded Baptiste Yoga in the 1940s. So just to establish a real quick timeline in comparison to some of the previous lineages we've talked about, Ashtanga Yoga, and Iyengar Yoga, which I talked about in depth on the first few episodes of Season 2. Now, Patabi Joyce and BKS Iyengar both studied with Krishnamacharya, and Walt Baptiste studied with his father who studied with Yogananda. All three of them Patabi Joyce, Waltz-Baptiste, and Iyengar started their in-depth studies and teachings around the mid-1930s to the early 1940s, just a few years apart from one another. Now, in terms of their own respective styles of yoga, Patabi Joyce was the first of the three to establish his school in Ashtanga Yoga, and that was in 1948. Now, Patabi Joyce said that Krishnamacharya taught him Ashtanga Yoga. Then we have Walt Baptiste, who created his school in Baptiste Yoga in 1955. And then finally, Iyengar created his school in 1975. So while all of these teachers started their practice around the same time, the respective practices of Ashtanga, power yoga, and Iyengar yoga do have a little bit of separation in terms of when the schools were established and when they rose to popularity but we can see that all three of these teachers started their journeys around the same time, meaning that Ashtanga Yoga, Power Yoga, and Iyengar Yoga are all being developed alongside each other. Now, what's interesting about this is Baptiste Yoga is a form of Power Vinyasa Yoga that adds the element of heat. You have a heated studio, and you will have that humidity added to the heat as well. Now, it's not as hot as Bikram yoga, and it's important to note that Bikram started his Bikram yoga practice in the late 60s almost 70s so that's when bikram was starting to study his yoga practice not fully developing or bringing the bikram style to the west until a little later so we have walt baptiste kind of in the middle of these lineages that we've already talked about so this kind of gives us a little bit of insight into the development of vinyasa yoga It does fall under the category of power vinyasa because the sequencing of a power vinyasa class, according to the Baptiste methodology, which is still continuing today with Walt's son, Baron, so Baron Baptiste is still upholding this lineage but the way that you are trained to sequence branches off of the sun salutations. So you will typically do a sun A and a sun B, maybe a sun C, which is more so a spin off of classical sun salutations rather than the Ashtanga lineage or approach to sun salutations. And then we start to build from there. And typically, in a Baptiste style class, you will go from the sun salutations to standing postures to balancing to back bends to hip openers, and then finally going down to rest in Shavasana. So, there is a specific way that Baptiste asks students to sequence. But nowadays, with power yoga being a much more broad spectrum and a much more broad term, that's not always how a power yoga class is going to be led. But a traditional baptiste-style power yoga is in a heated room, building off of the sun salutations, using roughly that type of sequencing. Now, while the baptiste-style of power yoga also incorporates the eight limbs, it really focuses on three, and that's asana, dhyana, meditation, and the niyamas, that sort of self-inquiry. These are the three main pillars that create the foundation of Baptiste Yoga. Now, as you can imagine, if you're building off of the sun salutations and going into standing postures from there, there is an element of quickness within the transitions of the postures. I remember I started off my yoga journey at a hot power yoga studio that followed the Baptiste methodology. While a lot of the movements and transitions were fast, we did typically hold certain postures For two to three rounds of breath. So you start off fast with the sun salutations. You might add on quicker postures right after, like warrior A, warrior B, reverse, chaturanga. But then when you get to more of the foundational standing postures, you'll hold for a round or two of breath. Same with the balance, same with the back bends. And then, of course, as we dive into the hip openers, it's going to settle down immensely. And this is pretty typical of most yoga classes in general. There will be a mixture of those quicker dynamic movements along with some longer held strength-based postures. In fact, that's the way I like to teach if I'm not going to teach some type of Ashtanga yoga. So I do like the element of building up that heat. Of course, I don't use a heated studio. I'm also in Hawaii, so we don't need a heated studio out here. Although there are heated studios that people still love, but I like to build that heat from within using the elements of the sun salutations, using those strength-based standing postures. And then as we get into some of these deeper, more intermediate or advanced postures, we will hold them to sort of find the breath and refine the movements so that we can really get into the postures themselves. Most people can't just pulling their leg behind their head and be there for one breath. If you're going to move into an advanced posture or an intermediate posture, which is so often found in power vinyasa classes, then you definitely need to slow down the movements, have stepping stones, and check in with your body, using your breath to move deeper within the postures. And then of course, once you get there, it's exploring in your breath what you find when you arrive. So it kind of takes that idea of holding postures from Ashtanga yoga and from Hatha yoga into account along with the dynamic movements. So very similar styles power vinyasa and Ashtanga yoga when you look at it in a very stripped down way. You have the sun salutations and vinyasas throughout the sequence that are those more quick dynamic movements, but then you have things like foundational standing postures and seated postures that are still strength-based that continue to build that heat or utilize that heat in the body, continue to harbor that energy within the body, and you hold those for a few rounds of breath. If you like to practice Ashtanga, then you might like a power vinyasa class for the creativity, the fun of it, just to explore something new or vice versa. If you really like power yoga classes, you'll probably enjoy the way that Ashtanga yoga is sequenced and practiced. And then again, when we start to look back at the timeline of everything, all of these practices, Ashtanga, Iyengar, and this Baptiste style of power yoga happened very sequentially and very quickly one after another. So these styles of practice were kind of all developing and growing in popularity around the same time, which makes a lot of sense as to why we see so much crossover within the approaches to these three lineages specifically. Then of course we have a slow flow, which is a little lower on the spectrum in terms of intensity Of a power yoga class, but can still be very intense in and of itself because, as the name suggests, in a slow flow, you're going to move a little slower. You're going to hold postures for a little longer. It might not be as dynamic as a power vinyasa, but there's still that element of flow. When you move slower through the transitions, you're really refining the movements, building that muscular energy which builds heat, which builds body awareness, and really connects you to that idea of using your breath as you move in and out of the postures. So it's kind of like taking the idea of power vinyasa and bringing it down two or three notches. Slow flows tend to be very beginner-friendly in the sense that it's easier to keep up with because you are moving slower. However, It is very taxing on the muscles To slow down your movements. You're not working with your momentum. You're working with just your strength. There are, of course, Chaturangas, and there will be some slower sun salutations that will be at a more dynamic breath-by-breath pace, but even then, it's not going to be as fast as you would take the Ashtanga sun salutations or even Power Yoga sun salutations. They'll be very slowed down, lots of different options, and very refined. So most slow flow classes will be geared towards beginners because it does break down a lot of the foundational movements. And when you slow down transitions and postures, then you can start to really figure things out. So when you take it up a notch or two in a power vinyasa class, the foundation is already there and you can start to explore more intermediate postures. Now in a slow flow, you can also see sort of this spectrum of how they're being taught. So this will vary from teacher to teacher and from studio to studio. For example, I teach slow flows, still very slow, very mindful. I do spinal movements before I go into the sun salutations, which most power vinyasa classes start in child's pose and then right into sun salutations. So I really warm up my students, take my time to get into the sun salutations, let the sun salutations be a little more easeful in comparison but I still do a lot of heat-building foundational standing postures. Now, they're postures like triangle A, warrior B. I do some balancing. They're very beginner-friendly postures, but when we have to hold standing postures for any amount of time, beginner-friendly or not, it will still present a challenge. And like I said, because we're moving slower, when we do then take the transitions after holding postures for a really long period of time, we are forced to build that strength because we don't have the momentum to back it up when it comes into moving through the transitions. We have to use our muscles and we have to be very intentional about what we are engaging and disengaging. Now on the opposite end of a slow flow, we get more of this vin to yin style. So like I said, this will vary from teacher to teacher and from studio to studio because slow flow is once again a pretty broad spectrum term when it comes to a yoga class. So that's why we have things like vin to yin. In a vin to yin class, you get exactly that vinyasa yoga and yin yoga which we're going to talk about yin yoga in the next episode so this is a good little segue into that right now so you have the element of flow from vinyasa you have some sort of warm-up sun salutations a standing posture sequence where you're moving in and out of postures breath by breath and then you start to slow it down into more mobility based postures for the second half of the class. So it builds itself up and then it slowly brings you back down. And as you slowly digress into those more mobility-based postures and then those seated postures, then you get into restorative postures. Instead of doing active backbends, you might do a supported backbend with a block Instead of doing pigeon as a seated posture, you might do pigeon lying down on your back, taking that figure four shape. And that's where we start to really soften the muscles, really get into the breath, and really take the mind from this more active state, kind of getting out all of the energy of the body, opening up these spaces in the body, quieting the mind through those active postures, and then bringing the focus into the breath into the body, into these subtle sensations occurring within so that you can start to peel back the different layers of your being. So there's a lot in terms of philosophy that goes into the Vin to Yin style classes. And in all of these classes, what usually attracts people to vinyasa yoga is the fact that you are moving a little more quickly you are linking your breath with movement. You're challenging your body just a little, even in a vinti even in a slow flow. And by doing so, you start to get out of your mind, into your body. And then, of course, especially in a vinti you get into that more subtle aspect of your being. So people who tend to be more active, more energized, who have a very high-functioning mind that needs to quiet down, that spins a lot something like a vinyasa yoga class where you're constantly coming across new movements, new challenges, something where there's always this bit of creativity and maybe a little bit of spontaneity and play in the practice that can be very good for people who are high energy and have a very active mind. And that's with most challenging asana classes, regardless of if it's vinyasa or ashtanga or even Bikram, as Bikram is very physically challenging. So when we start to talk about yin and start to talk about restorative in the next episode, we'll talk about why somebody with an active mind might actually get very aggravated when they dive straight into a yin and restorative practice, which is why that Vin to yin practice is kind of like that perfect hybrid of If you have an active mind, if you can't sit still, you can get out sort of all of your movements, all of your energy, and then allow yourself to settle into a more restorative practice. So, like I said, we'll talk about all of that in the next episode when we dive into yin and restorative yoga. What is the difference? How are they practiced? That should just be one episode, but we all know I can babble, so we'll see. With that being said, I will see you then. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I can't wait to talk about Yin and Restorative next episode with you. Thank you for joining me on the Sincere Yogi Podcast. If you want to deepen your yoga and meditation practice, check out my workshops and masterclasses on the Playbook app, or join my guided meditation series on Insight Timer. If you just want to stop by, say hi, and see what's up, you can find me at The Sincere Yogi on Instagram.